0: There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track.
1: Ah, oh, thank you, Elton. Saturday night is all right. Saturday morning is even better when we are broadcasting Saturdays in the Gong live from Wollongong Golf Club coming to you through 1575 Illawarra Track, 1170 in Sydney. But listen, crystal clear on the SEN app. I'm Matt Russell from Fox Sports joined by the Illawarra Mercury's Mitch Jennings. Do you know, there's not many places I'd rather be than the Gong. What a wonderful part of the world it is. But maybe today i cop Brisbane. What a day in the River City in Vegas. Two prelim finals, AFL at the Gabba, NRL at a heaving Suncorp Stadium. I can't wait.
2: It's really happening a big time to be in Brisbane, Vegas, would not it? it? To me, it's, uh, it just shows it doesn't matter. You forget about it. Brisbane is sort of, as a rugby league city, I know I've heard some arguments now that it's becoming a big They think it's going to become an AFL state. Oh, please, turn it please. up. Please, please. But I uh, like what we hear... When Brisbane are going well, Rugby League is going well, Matty, in that in that stronghold state in Brisbane. And we've got the... I know we've heard these ridiculous debates that this game shouldn't be played in Brisbane for some stupid reason, all this type of stuff. But yeah, it's the place to be this afternoon.
1: That's got you fired up. It has. Hasn't it? Brian Fletcher's comments that, hang on, why do the Broncos get a home ground venue and we don't? Well, well it's I, a very simple answer. Uh, well, it's a very simple answer and it's, I think, from everywhere. I, I, what other sport in the
2: world... We heard it a couple of weeks before with, with, um, with Cronulla and you sit there and go, what other... We're talking about how many at the... How many at the AFL, Matty? Uh, About 95,000. right, so so, we've got a sport and we're going to sit here and say, oh no, we think it's right and fair to have bloody 12,000 people at a construction site in (laughs) Cronulla instead of at a big stadium that the government spent all this money to to build. And we've got this talk about that. I mean, come on. People can still whinge about venues and everything else. What a place to be. Suncorp Stadium today, it's the best rugby league venue on the planet. They should be playing there all the time and... The thought that it
1: shouldn't be played there for any reason is just absurd. Have you seen the scenes at Broncos training this week? Thousands lining the side of the training field. We've had... Uh fans around the bus it really is finals fever in brisbane and gil mclaughlin's words, this will become an afl state well they were ringing in my ears as i watched that vision that wonderful vision of the fans of the brisbane broncos certainly lapping up finals fever we've got all that to come we've got your nrl afl footy finals covered uh, plus there's a world cup chat Regarding the Wallabies, a big game against Wales, looming large spring racing, the National Basketball League bounces back this week. There's random facts with Pete the Perfect Panel Puncher coming up and a a whole lot more. We're at the Wollongong Golf Club. Thanks to Avcon, specialising in industrial and response projects. Find Ryan Burke and his team at avconprojects.com.au. Impact Garage Doors, long and loyal supporters of this program. And, of course, your employer, Mitch, the Illawarra at Mercury. But let's get into Friday night. Footy, the first prelim final. We have our first NRL grand finalist, and here they are.
3: There's Isaiah Yeo almost to the 10.
1: Been the best player in the field, by Isaiah Yeo.
4: Cleary. The silky hands of and Tao's got a hat trick. They can really celebrate the Panthers. They know their home. And they're just piling on the paint. Ah, Mitch Jennings
1: last night, Dan Ganane calling Penrith, going to a fourth straight grand final. They're chasing a third straight premiership. This is the salary cap era. This sort of dominance is not meant to happen. The last team to win three in a row, the Eels, 81, 82, 83. I can't believe that Penrith are 80 minutes away in this era under these restrictions, about to do it again. How strong is Brian To'o? How calm, concise is Nathan Cleary. How awesome, how powerful is this Penrith juggernaut?
2: Yeah, boy, oh boy. It's going to take some stopping in the grand finalism. Like you said, mate, there's so many reasons they shouldn't be doing what, what they're doing. There's so many reasons they should be as well. They, they were a, you've got to remember, this, Penrith were this sleeping giant for quite a while. You sit there and say, you're on this, this junior league that's the biggest in the world. I mean, this is where Penrith should be, really, when you think about it. But now that they've got there, they're just relishing the, the, the top end of it, aren't they? And they're just a, I think Craig Bellamy said it best... In the, in the press conference last night. He goes, this is just a side. He goes, their big, big names didn't even probably have their best game last night. This is what Craig Bellamy mm. said. He said, but 13 or 14 other blokes were probably at 95%. And it's just what they do. They just know what they're doing. They, they do it so consistently. And it was ironic because it was almost talking, Craig Bellamy talking about Melbourne five, six years ago. That's what Melbourne were like. you were like, how do you hold this jungle? They just do everything so well. Everyone knows their role so well and they do it so well. How do you put a chink in this armory? And that's basically... It was ironic for me to see Craig Bellamy. He was the one trying to come up with an answer to that last night when he was presenting that conundrum to rifles for yeah. so many years. But yeah, Matty, they they did it easy. It didn't look like a premium, Matty. I thought it it didn't have. I, I've spoken to countless coaches. Is that and because players of the, the scoreboard? Because I it think was... because of the scoreboard, the manner of the game, the way Penrith did it so easily. I, I've spoken year on year to countless players and coaches, and they always tell you the prelim final is the hardest game you'll ever play. It's the hardest game mm. to win. It's the hardest one you'll do. Penrith will now breeze through one en route to a, to a grand final because the prelims are so tough, mate, because it's all on the line, but you haven't got that grand final week juice to get you there. It's, it's such a tricky, tricky week and everything
1: around it to navigate. And they just did it easy. They Couple just did it of- easy couple of Penrith sets after points. It was it was spotlighted by the Fox League commentary team. Just awesome. So effective. Great go forward. Just really seizing control. You know that Penrith if you let them lead, if you let them control the game, it's like trying to stop a tsunami with a ping pong bat. You just can't do it. And and that's the challenge for next week's grand final opponent. How do you put them off their game? I thought last night that Melbourne would go to the air more to Will Warbrick, Remus Smith. Big height advantage over the Penrith wingers. Apart from one contest where Warbrick Batted the ball backwards and it opened up for Liero passing to Olam. Try on, bad pass, ball dropped. Apart from that, I can't remember the height of the Melbourne wingers being used against Penrith wingers and instead Toto gets a hat trick. Saruva scores a try as well. I don't know whether they exactly executed as they should have last night melbourne yeah,
2: there was there was a few things they probably didn't build enough pressure on in any aspect that they wanted to go to I, I speak hearing Ake speak afterwards he was asked about did they get after luoy enough and he said well look you can't we can't just smash everything on that one edge to try to cater everything we do to Jerome Lau and try to make him make some tackles because it takes you away from everything else i just don't think they didn't look like they knew where they were going they looked they were torn in a couple of different directions Matty, and they didn't really as as i said build any pressure towards it that's probably a, a, like you said an aspect that they would have liked to have gone more at but let's face it i reckon every week it's on the tip sheet we need to go to the air against brian Toto and he's still they've said in the origin they've said it everywhere he just finds a way to get it to get it done man it's just so hard to find any sort of chink or weakness in this in this penrith armor
1: and when you look at what penrith have at their disposal long term going forward how are you going to beat them in the next few years i looked up the players they have signed long term uh, and it's an incredible list when you consider uh you know, the salary cap era, it's meant to force people out, but Fisher-Harris until 2026, Sorensen, 26, Tungor for another couple of years as well, To'o, 27, Yo, 27, Martin, 27, Leota 27, Cleary, 27, Edwards, 28. There'll be more coming off the production line. They are going to take some beating, and we'll talk more Penrith Panthers as Saturday... Saturday's In the Gong continues but let's change codes I want to go south, 96,000 people at the MCG and they watched Collingwood do this
0: 12 seconds left listen to this noise
1: Operator Dave Anderson is a Pies fan. He only refers to the Mitch as the Flag Pies. The flag pies. They might it, be. We've heard
5: it too <laughs> freaking much.
1: Dave Anderson, how did your team win the game when they scored four points total in the second quarter, nine points total in the fourth quarter?
6: Fantastic question. Um, And also, uh, as a very superstitious individual, I won't stop calling them the flagpies now because it's been working, boys. (laughs) Um, You know what? I put it down to the coach. I put it down to the coach. They focus a lot at training on those game scenarios. They set frequently. You see a clock with the timer at the training uh, with Collingwood. And they practice these moments they have been practicing them for the last two years it's why they've been able to win so many close games they just iced that game in the last three minutes when most teams would panic and try and score they just iced the game and backed in that their system was going to work and a big thing from Craig McRae the coach of the Collingwood Football Club is play the minutes not the occasion and I think that that's what they did in that final three minutes that's where they just held it together but I, I would like to see a few more goals that all said next week (laughs)
1: <laughs> so a blowout, a blowout in the NRL, 38-4 to Penrith against Melbourne. A cliffhanger in the AFL, 58-57 Collingwood over GWS. Dave, uh, you were saying before we went on air, you were drawing some parallels to some bad luck that's affected Collingwood in seasons past compared to last night's. Well, I'll say good luck, but maybe good management.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Well, last year they lost the they lost the qualifying final by under 10 points. This year, they won the qualifying final by under 10 points. Last year, they lost the prelim by one point against a Sydney side, mind you. And this year, they beat a Sydney side in the prelim by one point. So, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I, I do think no, that I've they have. That I, 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 <laughs> I'm not getting
1: ahead of myself, but I'm looking forward to celebrating I've the premiership them, next week. I've weekend. called them the flag boys all year, but I'm not getting ahead of myself. I got
6: ahead of myself uh, in March. I'll give you that. Uh,
1: well, we'll find out who the Pies play next weekend, this afternoon, when Brisbane host Carlton. We're going to get you back on later on, Dave, to tell us whether it would be a Pies-Carlton grand final. And and, and if so, what that would be like in the city of Melbourne. Go on, tease us. Pies-Blues. How big would that be for for the state of Victoria?
6: Honestly, they would have to put a fence around it. Like, it would be like one of those zombie movies. It would be absolute bedlam. Uh, From the grand final parade on it would be absolute madness. I have a mate who's a Carlton supporter. He's, uh, his wife has already said that she's not. she refuses to go down now that Collingwood have made it if it's a Collingwood-Carlton <laughs> grand final. Oh, it
2: would look like running at the, the Bulls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it, yeah, it would
1: be transformed. If you had an imaginary stadium with no capacity, how many people would go to a Collingwood-Carlton grand final, Dave?
6: Uh, 130 to 140, I reckon. And I, I don't well, even I think. Are going to go
1: five hundred thousand? No, I just, I just don't.
6: I can't picture a, 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 this imaginary stadium. I just honestly like one hundred and forty thousand people would rock up with no, no doubt whatsoever. The tickets would be gone in ten minutes.
1: Okay, it, it get that be... panel ready to punch because we need to go to a break, Dave, and, and after the break we're going to leave AFL and come back to NRL. Busy, busy time. We're going to have a look at the Broncos against the Warriors. What a game on Fox League this evening.
0: There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track. When my solo runs it back, so who's leading from the front? We're moving up the table like a hot
3: cross bun. Then we see Shuey guy, the coach's box behind. Blocker Roach is saying that the team is doing fine. Shawnee shows his six-pack. Dylan just scores some tries. Looking at his curls. Is that a
1: perm? Us Channel 9. Up the up the Wars indeed. Will it be up the Wars at Suncorp Stadium this evening? Let's ask Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, regular co-host of this show. Tim Barrow, good morning to you. How do you feel about the Warriors against the Broncos tonight?
3: Ah, oh, what a what a weekend, what an exciting time. Gee, whatever happens, Penrith are gonna be very, very hard to stop. But uh Yeah, there's a big part of me that wants to see this fairy tale keep rolling on to the grand final. I'm not sure whether they could beat the Panthers next week,
1: but hopefully the Warriors can throw the sink at it tonight. Let's launch into a set of six. Six questions pertaining only to tonight's game. Mitch Jennings, you're locked and loaded. You're ready to go. Tonight is Brisbane's 62nd final. 62nd in the history of the Broncos. Do you think they have a winning or losing finals record? I'd have to say winning. Okay, okay. Tim Barrow winning or losing finals record for the Broncos? I was going to say, their 90s and early 1000s record
3: would almost guarantee it being a winning record, although I feel like you've set us up now.
1: No, you're both right. It is a winning record, but only just 31 wins, 30 losses there you in go. finals history for the Broncos. So if the Wars can knock them over, i will make it, it makes sense. even 31. It there makes you sense. go.
2: They've been there every year, but they've only won one
1: 2006, last one they won. It makes sense, mate. Okay. That's it, a good if question. You, if you're kicking for the corner, who do you want on a wing? Dallin watani Zalesniak or Selwyn Cobo mitch Oh, attacking kick to the corner, yes. obviously. Not yes, oh, attacking kick
3: to the corner. I think I've got to go DWZ, mate. I'm with in you. Absolutely. What about you, Baz? Yeah, complete the try effector. He's a great player, although
1: I wouldn't knock Cobbo back. DWZ, 22 tries so far this season and counting. Cobbo, 20. Not far behind. Yes or no, the winning coach tonight should be coach of the year. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if Kevy wins, oh, Kevin Walters, coach of the year. I think Webster makes a compelling case, win or lose.
2: But I think somehow it's slightly gone under the radar the job Kevy's done. I reckon. Yeah. win I reckon you put me on the spot, Matty. But yeah, I reckon <laughs> win it tonight, coach of the year. Indeed. Tim Barrow. Uh,
3: no, because Andrew Webster is my coach of the year. Either way.
1: I say no because Ivan Cleary is my coach of the year, given what he's had to handle, given that they're into a fourth straight grand final, given Poor they luck. might win three comp. three straight team, comps, given they were minor he, premiers. Why do you overlook sustained success as opposed to the great improvements? Anyway, <laughs> Sean Johnson has a league high, a career high, a Warriors all-time season high, 32 try assists. Who has more try assists tonight, Sean Johnson or Adam Reynolds?
2: Adam Reynolds, Broncos score more tries,
1: win, Reynolds more try assists. Thank you, Mitch Jennings. Tim Barrow, are you on the same page?
3: Oh, I was going to skew it towards Johnson a little bit because if they're going to win the game, he has to take it by the scruff of the neck, whereas I think Brisbane can win without Reynolds giving a lot of try uh, assists because he'll, he might just kick them to death regardless. So,
1: um, yeah, Johnson's the one who who needs to provide. Boys, think of your great man crushes over the years. If you were asked to take one of these two individuals on a date, who would you take out for a candlelit dinner? Rhys Walsh or Tamare Martin? Mitch? <laughs> Stunned silence. Tim, would you like to come in and answer that question while, while uh, Jennings stops shaking Reece his Walsh, head?
2: I'll, I'll get lost in those baby blues, mate. i have, <laughs> okay. have to go with Reece. Uh, Geno, Reece like, and he, I, he hasn't been known to have a good time.
1: Jenno time time. <laughs> and Reese Walsh skipping off hand in hand on a hot date. Who do you take, Tim? I've,
3: I've forgotten who the other player is. Reece, Reece Walsh. What a
1: dreamboat. <laughs> tomorrow I, Martin. I take Tamara Martin. He's got beautiful skin. Nice brown skin. Tomorrow. Can I say Dal Holmes? You know, you know who Mark Carroll... Mark Carroll... No, you can't take him. He's suspended. He, he's off He's off tender at the moment. Uh, Spud Carroll calls Reece Walsh the Italian Greyhound. And I asked him off here, what's the go with an Italian Greyhound? You keep calling Reece Walsh an Italian Greyhound. He said they're they're small, they're fast, and they look really good. And I thought, okay, well, the Italian Greyhound, Reece Walsh, there you go. Now, uh, Payne Haas, Adam Fanua Blake, they're two of the elite props. Uh, Their stats are so similar. Haas edging Fanua Blake with most of them. However, Adam Fanua Blake... Blake has scored nine tries this season. So I went back over the last 20 years and here's the top 10 try scoring props over the last two decades. Josh Papali'i, Anthony Lafranche, Andrew Fafita, Sia Soliola, Willie Mason, Jesse Bromwich, Ryan James, Big Nelson, Asva Solomona, Paul Vaughan, Jimmy Tamo. So, who's your favourite tri-scoring prop over the last 20 years from that list, Mitch Jennings? Oh, boy, oh, boy.
2: <laughs> um, I, I, Andrew Fafita had a way of creating him from nothing for a prop. I yep. always thought you never knew, he'd go sideways, backwards, run 10 metres backwards to get across the line. fend people, he's, he's interesting. So, if I'm talking
1: about tri-scoring front rowers, I used to like, he was interesting. He was always a surprise packet close to the line. Tim barrow and you would have been a tri-scoring front rower back in the days at Wagga Wagga Junior Rugby League. Am I accurate? Oh, I was a little bit too small for that. Uh, A very, very
3: uh, low-guard lock or 5'8". But um, I just want to give a shout-out to Asafa Solomano who went around like a a bouncer at a dodgy nightclub last
1: night just picking fights with everyone in the room. He certainly did that, didn't he? Uh, And there's plenty plenty of bouncers at dodgy nightclubs. I've run into a few of them. Mitch Jennings, I reckon you have as well. Every now and again. I've got the (laughs) Nathan Cleary treatment once or twice. (laughs) Absolutely. Right, let's park rugby league for a moment. Uh, Tim Barrow, you are a racing expert when it comes to the Illawarra Mercury. Today, Golden Rose Day. Can you give us a winner at Rose Hill or or, uh, Randwick today? Rose Hill.
3: Yeah, I'm in your corner, which is uh, maybe a little concerning. I know you've been following King Colorado for some time, but I'm tipping it on top in the Golden Rose. Uh, interestingly, uh, a filly has won only one of 47 Golden Rose. So if you're in Charmstone's corner today, you'd want to be praying for luck because uh, it just doesn't happen. Jeez, that's a good stat. What, one of 47? Yes, one wow. of 47. So you want to be with the boys in a race like this.
1: <laughs> where, do we, where do you look outside the Golden Rose? What have you got for us, Baz?
3: Uh, I'm a little bit worried it's a trap day. I think there's quite a few favourites that can win. Uh, i would be looking to the Mar, Eustace and also the Waller yard today. Uh, Chilton uh, Chilton Lane, race nine. Uh, Waterford's getting quite short now, but I think Waller can do the job there. Similar with Espiona uh, in the golden pendant. So, you know, those punters looking for value will certainly want to go outside that. But I might be shooting fairly straight with my wallet today.
1: Tim Barrow, since Mitch Jennings arrived here at Wollongong Golf Club, he's had his head parked in the papers, trawling through the form guide. Now he's on his phone going through the app. (laughs) After all this homework, I hope you've got a dead-set certified rolled gold winner. I haven't got a dead-set certified rolled gold
2: winner, but I am a value hunter, as you're aware. (laughs) And I think General Salute in the row, $51, $9 to place in each way. Karen McAvoy on board. Finished pretty well last week behind Silo Morabe. I think... If you're a value hunter, I reckon it's worth a little bit of a flutter. Even if you just want to go to the place, I'm—I I'm, usually go the nose. Each way's for cowards, I say, but. On this one, I'm going to go each one. I, I asked for a, a roll salute. goal, certainly. You've given us a 50 to 1 got, shot. I haven't got a roll goal, certainly, mate. I'm telling you. If I, it, I reckon, it wins, I reckon, I reckon it's going to be cuddle next I reckon, week. I reckon. General Salute will be in the mix, and you'll be thanking me. Everyone you'll, who's listening and has had a little
1: speculative flutter on that. You'll have to ditch. You shout me at Dicey Riley's. You'll have to ditch Reese Walsh and take me on a date if a 50 to 1 winner and i back at wins <laughs> next week. Hey, um. It's time for our favourite segment, Bang the Gong, thanks to Avcon. Avcon, great supporters of this show. This is a segment that we love or hate something about the gong. It's normally loved because, let's face it, it's a great part of the world. Bang the Gong, thanks to Avcon. Mitch, would you like to head us off? To bang the gong? I'll
2: tell you what, I, I, not, a, not a paid promo, none of this type of stuff. I went to Mylan last night, the Vietnamese restaurant. Yes. Knocked it out of the park.
1: I love that. Absolutely Fantastic. knocked it out of the park. What was We're your dead? go-to
2: dish? Um, oh, the satay there's... Fantastic. Yes. We had a mix of everything. Where you know, I don't know how you feel about at Asian restaurants. The share, the sharing. Some people are against it. I'm, I'm all for it because I always pick the wrong things. So <laughs> I always like, I always like the sharing. But after you've gone, just wander up, have a bit of a, have a few uh, pints of Guinness at, uh, at Dicey Riley's Hotel, and then head on down to Moylan for a feed. You can't spend a better Friday night in Wollongong than, than to go home and watch a prelim final. Uh, I'm banging the gong on. My Lung.
1: CBD, but my, my the There it is, there it is, banging the gong. Uh, Tim Barrow, over to you. Bang the gong, son. My bang the
3: gong is the parents of Jackson Ford, who left Gerringong at four o'clock yesterday. They're off to Brisbane to watch their son play in the prelim final for the WAS tonight. They were over in New Zealand last Saturday and flew back in time to watch Gerringong win the Group 7 Premiership there last week. Uh, Nathan Ford, his brother who was part of that Dheringong Premiership team, was quoted in the Mercury today saying the Warriors gave him a go when the local club didn't give him a go. So a nice little whack for the Dragons along the way
1: and we might just be seeing Jackson Ford in the grand final. Go well tonight, Jackson Ford. I love that. My bang the gong, I've got a border collie called Max. We call him Mad Max. Complete lunatic. He's getting a haircut as we speak, Mitch. um, Glenn from Hair of the Dog shaves him right back for for the warmer months. He's more comfortable. Looks good. I don't breathe in dog fur like I have been as he starts to molt. So I'm banging the gong for Glenn, Hair of the Dog, the dog groomer dog. who does a great dog. job dog. with dog. Mad Max. i contest- <laughs> testament to
2: hair of the dog. Absolutely. I'll, I'll bang the gong mate, every time I'm on this show, every Saturday morning.
1: Tim Barrow, enjoy your day. Thanks for the chat. Good punting. We'll hear from you next week when you're back here at the gong hosting the show. Cheers, boys. Up the wires. Up the wires, indeed. As we head to the news, we're back after this.
0: There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. It's raining.
1: Raining Men. Why are we playing It's Raining Men leading into a chat about the Rugby World Cup? Let me explain. Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings and Toby Dawson, the Illawarra Rugby veteran, joining us each and every week to talk rugby and more. But we're playing It's Raining Men because the Guardian's Jonathan Liu provided, I reckon, the quote of the week in his his writings. He said, trying to scan an Eddie Jones press conference for genuine insight... Is a little bit like applying a meteorolo- meteorological analysis to the lyrics of a training men. Uh, do you agree with that, Toby Dawson? Good morning to you. Good
4: morning, boys. And uh, look, we've spoken about the drunk uncle a bit over the last six weeks, all the way from when Eddie had his um his tie halfway down his neck and his crazy acubron. Um <laughs> look, he's got form. Um <laughs> And look, going back to the game last week where he he uh, where the Wallabies had lost the press conference straight after the loss to Fiji, where he just stood up straight in front and said, "It's all on me." I think it is testament to the fact that you're looking for logic, because Eddie, you you couldn't have made those catches, you should, you know, you couldn't have stopped those kicks or tackled the blokes. The players lost the game, not the coach. But yeah, you're a bit of another Eddie Jones. We love you. <laughs> we believe in you. We're going to get you through Monday. Um, but you but know, he,
1: I don't think he said it's all on me. He said, "Throw your baguettes at me," didn't he? Something
2: like that. Throw on your baguettes
4: me. and croissants. Line <laughs> me up.
1: <laughs> I thought it was, calc- I, I thought it was,
2: you know, a calculated comment to try to to make it personal and to make it about me. And that's and that's admirable in some sense, but it's also me a, a deflection. Let's not analyse what actually happened and blame me. It's on me. And and, my, and what I also want to say, going back to that press conference, I will put my hand up and on behalf of the media, say apologise for the performances. For how bad we, the media, have been for Australian rugby—the the tackles we've missed, the poor selection choices that we in the media have made—it's we're part of the problems. Why rugby is in the state it is in Australia? You're right, Eddie. You've put me in my place. On behalf of the media, I apologise to all rugby fans in Australia. We've let the country down. Mr. You Jennings, if you
1: were better under the high ball, we'd be in so much better shape. It's your fault as a pen I pusher know, know. and non-catcher that, that the Wallabies it is, are where they it are. Is our, it is our fault.
4: You it just really won is. us the game against Wales on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> Jeno, we yeah, just yeah. won. That's all we needed. The media to step up and take yeah, responsibility. Exactly. Now that
1: we're taking responsibility, we'll finally get out there and get the job done. <laughs> Toby, some overnight results. or France, 96-0 against Namibia. 3 Thriller, 96 nil to the Frogs. Argentina, 19-10 against Samoa. Your thoughts on those results?
4: Yeah, look, I think France. That was always going to be a win. Poor Namibia are having a bit of a rough trot after old mate snapped his leg so badly yeah. against the All Blacks the other week. Terrible and, injury. Yeah, now they're doing a nudie run around Stade de Marseille in Marseille, you know, because <laughs> they didn't get any points across the line. Um, they're but- doing it in <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's gold. I oh, know, mate. This, this, is why, this is why I should have done the press conference. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Put that on a paper on Monday. Jenna. you know?
1: If it's loud in the background here, it's because the golfers are certainly busy. There are sticks flying, balls whirring everywhere. We are broadcasting outside at Wollongong Golf Club. So, so set the scene. What's the week been like through your eyes for the Wallabies after that shock loss to Fiji? We've got injuries. We've got team changes. Uh, what are you seeing?
4: Look, I think first things first, hats off to Fiji. They played brilliant football, and they deserved the win. So let's put that aside, how great they are, like Simi Rodrona. Absolute blinder now that he's playing on the wing. He's heaps more effective. Anyway, Fiji, well done. Wallabies, you also lost that, because that was a horrendous game. You know, there was one moment that I think is most telling in how poorly they played. Uh, Fiji put the box kick up. There were five guys. Carter Gordon's running forward, goes to jump, pulls out because he sees Marky Mark going back, who pulls out because he sees Carter Gordon. Ball hits the deck, jumps in the air, Fiji grab it, run and score a try in the corner. That kind of sums up how well Australia played. They had no ascendancy in any part of the game. Other than our defensive line-out, I think uh, we did a great job. Frost did a great job at stealing some of Fiji's balls. But in the scrum, we were getting penalised. We were getting penalised at the breakdown because we weren't securing the ball. We had no go forward to give the backs a platform. To do what they needed to do, the communication wasn't there. Um, you know, the penalty count was terrible. I think Nick White. If I never see him in a Wallabies jersey again, it's going to be too soon. Like, <laughs> I had an opinion.
2: Up the long run. I, oh wow! I had an
4: opinion before the cup, but um, yeah, we well, you you speak go. about it
2: before the cup. That's what I want to say, and it's going to keep coming back to it. They were the questions that Eddie was quite testy about in the in the that infamous, now infamous press conference before they went away. But are we a Quay Cooper, a Bernard Foley? In, in the squad, I mean, is this someone, they, when you replace your fly half with 20 to go in that game, do you want an experienced steady hand that might get you home in a game like that? Well, Are I, we starting I, I, to see, we're going to keep coming back to it, but is it, is it warranted chat, Toby, in your opinion, that we're talking about, or do you think a Quaid or Bernard Foley makes no real difference to where they're at?
1: Alan Jones said that, uh, that Eddie Jones should bury his pride and call Quade Cooper straight over to join the squad.
4: Look, I think Ben Donaldson coming into 5-8 actually steadied the ship. I think he played a pretty good game. Look, I think the chat about whether they should or shouldn't was warranted at the time. I think it's wasted effort now. He's not going to do it. Um, Carter Gordon was clearly rattled in that game. You know, he got some big hits and he's not an overly big fella. So to get monstered by some Fijians, just threw him off his game and he had his combo with Tate. You know, going really well. Tate wasn't there. He's got Nick White not delivering him the ball, not communicating, reading the ball, the play the same way. So they are out of sorts. Um, look, I would have loved to have seen Hoops over. I think Quade would have been a good contribution, but they're not. I think that Donaldson's there. Interestingly, um, Max Jorgensen's uh, gone out now with an injury. Um, so they're going to be bringing something in, someone in that they're allowed to do. Once Max flies home, he can't re enter the squad, they'll bring someone in. They're talking about someone from the Barbarians team, but they've got their squad announced for tomorrow. Donaldson's held his position at 10, which I think is a testament to how well he went into that playmaker role for the last 20. Andrew Andrew Kellaway's come into fullback. He's got a lot of game experience, played a lot of football over there in in with the uh, European guys. So I think he'll be great commanding the team from the back. Um, But, yeah, I think we've got the talent. And, you know, Matty Rogers said it during the week on Rugby Heaven. These young guys, we can't walk away from them. So Carter Gordon being benched, I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think we've... Sorry, media guys. There's been a lot of press about it. And I think that we have. We are putting a bit of a storm in a teacup because a month ago we knew we were going over with a very inexperienced squad and the odds were up against us and the cards were going to fall the way they are. The Wales match was always going to be a big one with a lot of uh, pressure on it. We also knew that... Uh, the Fiji game was going to be a big one with a lot of pressure on it. We lost Fiji. Oh well, it's a flip of the coin. Possibly always going to happen. Monday morning is now do or die. That was always going to be a potential way the cards would fall. It's so been, be- I, I
2: disagree. I don't. I don't. I, Wales was always going to be a big game. I did not anticipate, even with the inexperienced squad, all the question getting marks beaten over by Fiji. I did not anticipate getting beaten by Fiji. And, and I know, like as you said, they played really well to get the win, the break that we always like when the, the Minnow nation. Beats you know an established nation. It's always a great story. It's everything else. There's no way Australia should be losing to Fiji. I did not anticipate that they'd be playing Wales in this game with their entire fortunes on the line, having lost to Fiji. I, I think I think it is the wheels haven't completely come off, but there's two, it's 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 a car careening around corners on two wheels <laughs> two wheels at the moment. Well, let, I'm let's
1: jump forward. So 5 a.m. Monday, Australia. Well, the Wallabies against Wales, crucial. Uh, Making the Mercury, making the Illawarra Mercury. I've given you some homework this week as we we hear the typewriter banging away in the background, hopefully, Music Man. Uh, Tony Dawson, here it is, making the Mercury. Give me your headline prediction out of... Wallabies v Wales.
4: Greenpeace alert. Wallabies, Harpoon, Wales. Oh, OK.
1: Yes. Yeah, we don't like condone we, we don't condone that, no, no, but no, no. it makes a nice not. headline. <laughs> You're tipping the Wallabies will beat Wales. Yeah. Southern Hemisphere beats Northern Hemisphere.
4: We know that last week was a cluster of a game. There's mm. going to be a lot of reflection and there will not be a repeat of that performance. Um, the Welsh play a very controlled style of football. Very good Northern Hemisphere style of footy. Um, the, I think the first crucial point will be referee management. So Dave Parecki's been given the nod again at, at uh, captain. I thought he did a pretty calm job of it last week. Hopefully he can be a little more persuasive take this week. Take it to week. Richie McCaw
2: school. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there and actually take the whistle off the referee and referee the game.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know maybe take him, take him out on a Tinder date like <laughs> yeah. you were talking about earlier. That's what no. Ed oh. was for. I oh. thought oh. that was setting the scene for my date with Rhys oh. Walsh, but there you go. But yeah, look, the, the Wallabies have got some real... real um, lightning players out wide you've got marky mark on one wing you've got Grevy on the other wing you know Kellaway's is going to be great at how he injects himself if our forwards can get a level of ascendancy they don't necessarily need to be dominant the whole game but they just when we've got the ball if they can be going forward so there's momentum and space for our back line i think they'll carve up the welsh in saying that the welsh will be playing a lot of football off dan their number 10 so expect their forwards to be sitting out in the pocket and he just knows how to read a play, find a hole and someone through. It's going to be a real battle, but there's a harpoon coming.
1: 5 a.m. Monday morning, got up early, cheer for the Wally, hopefully get them home against Wales. Toby Dawson, thank you for getting the scene. Another week as the Rugby World Cup rolls on, Warriors v All Blacks. There's another story that we can look at if the Warriors keep on winning. But after this, we're turning to a different sport. It's basketball with Matty Campbell up next, Saturdays in the gong.
0: There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
1: Leads us into hoops shooting to thrill indeed. But first, before we speak to Maddie Campbell, here's what Paul Smith, majority owner of the Sydney Kings, said to Jimmy Smith this week. It
7: seems to be that everyone hates us, and you know what? We like that. We embrace that. You embrace that. I embrace. Does it. the whole organisation embrace it, or do they say, "Oh, what's Paul said now"? Oh, look. Once in a while, I get a bit of blowback, <laughs> but generally speaking, the hate is good. Don't be neutral about us.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
7: Either lovers or haters, and I'll tell you something. I had a real fury on this, Jimmy. Everyone secretly loves the purple.
1: No, I don't think everyone secretly loves the purple, especially this man. Hawks general manager of basketball, Matt Campbell, do you secretly love the Kings?
7: <laughs> Not a chance. He's dreaming,
1: that guy. Absolutely dreaming. <laughs> Ah, oh, what about that from the uh, Kings owner? Last night, Matt Campbell, the Illawarra Hawks, 190 winners against the Cairns Taipans, big 18-point margin. The Kings were crushed by the Bullets, 105-76. Give me your take on the Blitz from a Hawks perspective so far.
7: Yeah, mate, look, um, I mean, we're really happy with the Hawks from our point of view. We, we come up against a red-hot Melbourne United team with Della um, playing out of his skin at the moment, showing his NBA quality. Um, so from that point of view, we hit them. Um, they hit us hard. We came back and got back into the game and made, made a bit of a stance in that first game. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, we're able to get over the line against Brisbane, which has Aaron Baines, another NBA talent. Um, we, we, we were able to get that done in the second game. And then... Yeah, played against the Cairns Taipans last night and uh, a bit understrength, the Cairns team. But we're happy that uh, we're able to continue to work on the pre-season, develop our rotations and uh, get some, some of the guys into some form.
2: Matty, I think we all talk about the Next Stars program a lot. AJ Johnson there he will be part of that conversation and everything else. One of the flow-on effects I think I've seen and what we love to see and what we would hope would happen with this type of program is the domestic young talent get swept up in the whole Next Stars thing. We've got scouts all over the place at the Blitz to look at the AJ Johnsons of the world and everything else. And you get a guy like Lockie Albrecht comes up and just has puts the performances he's put on in the Blitz. It's exactly the type of guy you want performing in the preseason. And uh, I think with those NBA scouts there, we do see that. Sometimes we forget about our own domestic talent that can come through. And Lockie, he's certainly uh, putting himself on that radar.
7: Yeah, I mean, Lockie Albrecht was... Uh... A hot topic when we're on the Gold Coast—that's for sure. It's um, you know everyone was talking about you. Yeah. AJ Johnson, who we have on our team, who is an outstanding talent, and still developing in that space. Has been four weeks on the sideline with a broken nose, um, but but yeah, Lockie stepped up um, and had an outstanding uh, blitz, um, and definitely NBA guys all over him, which is great. And and you're right, like the idea of a preseason is to try and just develop and see who's going to stand up and be able to play. Quality minutes throughout the season, and I think a few guys on the Hawks roster have sort of stood up and showed Jacob Ducomas that that that, that he's got some decisions to make with the rotation, and and to, and that now he's got some confidence in some of the players to be able to play them in the real games when we're you know playing for wins and losses.
2: Mate, I've really enjoyed the performance last night. I thought it was just outstanding. We really saw some fun. Really saw what this team's going to look like at its best when it's scoring, especially getting out in transition shooters. Everywhere the ability to spread the floor. I think they marked remarked on commentary there. There was a lineup that was on the floor at one point with no one under six foot six. So the athleticism, the, the the scoring ability in this team is going to be through the roof. Is it fair to say that the challenge will be at the defensive end, and you're going to have to find some guys to find a level there? Because with the probably with the obvious exception of Wani uh, Swakala Bullock, not a lot of guys. That are noted or typically defensively inclined—is uh, that going to be the challenge? You're going to need to find some guys to find a level or two uh, at the other end of the floor.
7: Yeah, 100% right. Like the, 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 the I mean, not the disappointment out of the preseason. The, the biggest area of improvement I could see from preseason so far is the consistency on the defensive end. And you know, we talk about this in league and AFL and all the different sports that the, the teams who can cuckoo defend it ends up being in the championship games and. For us, I think we showed glimpses of being really good defensively and we showed some glimpses of being really poor. And now, I think that's part of having a younger group, but also having, uh, you know, we had a fair change. There's seven new players in this roster compared to last year. So it does take a little bit of time for the coach to instill his philosophy of defense onto the group. Um, but hopefully, like I said, I was happy with the glimpses of it last night um, and, the, and the game, especially against United when we were down nearly 20 points in the first half. Came back and got it to sort of nearly single figures. I, I think there's some real building blocks, and and again it comes in pre-season. You don't want everyone firing. I think Sam Froling still got a little bit to go, um, and you saw it with all the teams. You know the, the Sydney Kings got um, their, they got what last night, and um, there's there's a there's a lot of improvement across all of the teams. And you know they're back-to-back champions. Uh, I'm sure they're going to get their stuff right for next week. And you know it's what a cracker to open the season against the Sydney Kings at home. Uh, I just can't wait for the season to start now.
1: Absolutely. Next week, Hawks-Kings, 8pm, Sandpit in Wollongong. Mitch Jennings has taken up too much of your time. Matty Campbell, we've got to let you go, mate. Enjoy what time you have left on the Gold Coast. We'll see you back here next week. Saturday's in the gong and break, and then we're back with more.
0: There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track. There's a new player in town Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track.
1: of life indeed, Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings and this loyal man, Pete the Perfect Panel Puncher from Putney. He's now a hard-working hero from Hunters Hill and he has our random fact of the week, Pete, over to you.
8: Thank you, Matt. We have a world exclusive today. Oh, for the world exclusive? Abs- world exclusive. Talking to John O'Grady, the great sports photographer, he a photo of a gladiator photo fame, Fame. Uh, back in the mid-90s. And I said, John, you've taken a thousand good photos. Was there one you missed? Was there one that you think you really should have gotten? He said yes. When Balmain played South Sydney in front of the Queen at the SCG in 1970, grand final replay from 69, the players went out to meet the Queen and the Duke. They were told they had to leave their false teeth in. They couldn't (laughs) meet the Queen without their teeth in. So the players did that. Then they had to go straight to the field. So they put all their teeth in a bucket on the sideline. John O'Grady walked past the bucket. And then 10 seconds later, I turned around and thought, I should have taken that photo. Someone had picked the bucket up and walked away with it. That. So that, that, was the, that was the photo that John missed.
1: The teeth in the bucket.
8: Before the, the game the when they bit the Queen. You go
1: to UFC and then you'll get one now. Good <laughs> on you, Pete. I tell you what, I've got a story regarding teeth, sort of, a mouth guard regarding the PM's game coming up later on. We're back for the second hour in Sydney. It's time for the Mowers Club. Stay with us on the app, Saturdays in the gong.
0: There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturday's In the Gong on SCN Track.
1: second hour we roll Saturdays in the gong broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club we thank Impact Garage Doors, Illawarra Mercury and Avcon specialising in industrial and response projects. Great to have them on board. And the Wollongong Golf Club, always fantastic hosts. We've had better mornings. It's a cool, heavy, overcast day here in the gong, but summer is returning later in the week. Mitch Jennings, the rugby league season still has a bit of a way to go as well. Big game tonight at Suncorp Stadium. Grand final next week. And this afternoon on Fox League, a couple of Prime Ministers games, firstly the women, then into the men, and we heard from Pete the Perfect battle Puncher but Putney before the break, speaking about taking dentures out, and it got me thinking about a story Tim Manor told about uh, mouth guards and teeth this week, he was at a Prime Ministers game in Port Moresby, and after the game, all the fans, they want the apparel, right, they want the Australians top session, so Tim, being the great fella he is, gives away his boots, gives away his socks, gives away his shorts, his jersey. He's left there in his Speedos and his mouth guard. That's the only thing he had apart from being completely nude. And still they wanted more. And Tim says, well, I'm not getting nude in Papua New Guinea, so all I've got is my mouth guard was a young bloke pointing at his mouth and saying, throw me your mouth guard. And Tim had said, I've just played, you know, in hot, humid conditions. My mouth's wet. There's slobber all over this mouth guard. I, I had hesitations throwing it to this young boy because he had to catch it with his hands. But he did anyway. And as soon as the boy caught it, guess what he did with it? Put it in his mouth. Jammed <laughs> it in his mouth and then jumped up and down, celebrating <laughs> to the families. absolutely no sterilising of the mouthguard whatsoever. And I said to Tim Manor, your DNA is now spreading around Papua New Guinea. There you go. That is a yarn. <laughs> I do.
2: It's great. in it? what are the scenes? You've seen them again this week. Every time they go there for that, for that match, it's just incredible, isn't it? The way the fans embrace the players and that, that tour. And just, you see, it's the only country in the world where they're Rugby League is the national sport, the national obsession.
1: It's great to see, isn't it? And tonight, we've got the Prime Minister's men uh, boasting 2,299 games of NRL experience. The Kummels have 105 games of NRL experience, and 98 of them come from Nene McDonald, okay, who yeah. is actually meant to be playing with Leeds in the Super League but came home for the birth of a child and hasn't returned. Yeah. Somehow he parachutes into the Papua New Guinea prime minister. Just state. have a run. Don't ask me how that works. You <laughs> like rocked up. You rocked up. Did you bring your birth back? Yeah, I, did. I think Leeds might be looking at that with a little bit of a query, <laughs> yeah. saying, uh, Nene, uh, who's paying your bills at the moment? But anyway, the Australian team, Tyrell Sloan in the fullback role, Ben Hunt, the hooker, there's a couple of Dragons right there. A former Dragon in Reece Robson off the bench. Gee, there's some points in this team. Addo Carr, Murray Talangi on the wings. The Hammer in the centres. Cody Walker, Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. Those two combined. 49 try assists during the NRL season. Up front, Jake Draboyevich, Tino Farsu, Awi Hudson Young, Ruben Cotter, Cam Murray captaining the team because Anthony Albanese he's got to have a South Sydney player captaining have the to. prime minister's team, surely. Exactly. Well, Cam Murray too. The way he, the way he can hold his head up, the way South went off the
2: the cliff, but it wasn't down to him. I thought he was outstanding all through the year. Cam Murray. So N- Nico he's Hines enjoying being in that uh, that environment. Nico Hines. Oh, interesting to see. I guess the the biggest thing that's come out of is the chat. For me, is around is around Ben Hunt because he's obviously as part of this two zero part of this game, he's had to do media appearances and everything else, and not really not doing a lot to to dampen the talks about his uh, wanting a release and wanting to be there and. Uh, I'll get your take on this, Matty. I'm interested to hear what you think because, on the one hand, it's refreshing to hear a guy be honest. Do you want him to sit up there and say, oh, no, I'm fully committed when we know he's not? Or do you start going, all right, mate, shut up? Like, we're, you can shut it down now and you're not. Where do you sit on that? Because I know there are fans and everywhere filthy about it. They're jack of it. They're going, how can you have this guy skippering our team when he's made it clear he doesn't want to be there? If he could be on the next plane out, he would. How do you? It, it's gonna and it's gonna bubble on. I mean, Shane Flanagan's been asked about it a lot. I know he's the word he's used on a lot is trust. I don't think Flanagan's been good. I think in that he hasn't tried to say, oh look, it's not. It's all beat up. It's not. It's not true. It's fine. He's admitting, he's admitting that there's an issue there and there's a dialogue that they're in. But trust me, I'll get the best out of our back and captain for this year coming up. But surely it's got to come a time where Benny has to come out on his own bat and knock it on the head and just say, look, I'm here for 24 and that's it. I'm not talking about it anymore. Uh,
1: Mate, I sort of think that he's done that. I I saw him appear this week at at a sponsor's announcement for Queensland Rugby League signing Westpac. And I thought, well, probably strange to put Ben up a little bit given that we know the questions are all going to be about 2024. And he said, mate, I'm here for next year. I'm here. He said that at the presentation night. He said it repeatedly. While I don't agree with the way uh, he tried to leave the Dragons, I understand that when he signed, he thought they were getting different signatures, more signatures. They haven't come. So I have some sympathy for him, uh, for his decision. I, I, I admire him absolutely 100% the way he owned his decision. He fronted up. He didn't get mean and bitter with the media who kept asking him about it. And he has said now, I'm here for 2024. I think he's also said... But if the opportunity
2: comes for me to leave, I will. Well... I think, I think I think when he's saying, I'll be here for 2024, but, but been, no, I don't think the opportunity for me to leave is going to arise. If, if that opportunity comes, difference.
1: it will be Shane Flanagan and the club's decision to. So, it will, of course. So the question is as much for them as it is for Ben Hunt, right? And, and he has said, I'm here next year. What else do we want? He's going to be here next year. If he leaves, it's because Flanagan and the Dragons have said, we want you to go. And Ben's too professional, I think, to do anything but absolutely dig in for the season ahead. So... I, I don't know what else we want him to do.
2: I agree. I agree that with the, the quality of halves on the market and everything else, a Ben Hunt not quite committed and not quite there is still better than the other options you have. I hear people saying you to probably young, bloke in there who Wants committed. to be there. Like, be, he's,
1: was he's, there a game he this had year? Too much pride
2: in his. Yeah, there were a couple. Where... There were a couple. I thought in the in the immediate in the immediate sphere yep. of that release request, I thought really ordinary against the Warriors. One run in the entire game. Really ordinary against the Sharks in that loss. There were a couple where I thought it did affect him, but yep. then you, there was, you noted that he did put that behind him and he was back and that playing might have been human the nature, way human played. Right? It has to be a human nature. I get it. And look, I've, what what I don't get is, I think now people talk about, oh, did you you sign this? You knew this when you signed the contract. I'll keep hearing people say, oh, but he was promised this, he was promised that. He was promised nothing but money. That's all the contract promises. And yep. if they pay you, show up and play. Oh, I don't want to hear about, oh, they promised this, they said it was going to be this, they said it was going to be that. Yeah, Paid you your money, you've rocked up and that's what that's what they promise you but, with a contract. But
1: couldn't it be? Then, let me be devil's advocate there. What happens if he says, Look, here's the contract? And he says, Look, I'm hesitant to sign that, but I think we need player A, B, C, and the club says to him, Mate, I guarantee you we're gonna get it, we're gonna bolster this squad. We will get not all of them, but some of them, and then none of them happen, and none of them even look like happening. Isn't that a consideration on top of the money? I'd, well the thing i would be more of a consideration if you said if if the con if
2: the uh the conversation was all right, if you want to go get this guy, I'll actually take a little bit less money. But I don't think that's actually been the case for mm. one point. And they're in a better position than when he signed. That's the fact. This is what people seem to miss about it. They are The Dragons are in a better position now than when Ben Hunt signed that deal. They've got a premiership-winning coach... Anthony Griffin was always headed for disaster. That was never going to go... We could all see. That was never going to end any way other than the way that it did. Now, they've got... The guy that was nipping in his heels, they're not going to move Ben Hunt to hooker. They haven't got another halfback there because Jaden Sullivan's moved on. They've got salary cap space to move and build over the next couple of years. They're in a better position than when he re-signed for that deal. So, that's, that's where it begets... That's where it starts to get frustrating, I think. I think a lot of things have improved. I think the club's fortunes, the optimism around the club has improved a lot. And yet you've still got your captain saying, oh, we, uh, you know, I regret signing that or I want to I get out.
1: I, I just don't... I well, think tell me, if you went to a function experiment. yesterday where the, the, the club top brass spoke with uh, stakeholders in terms of sponsors, media people, etc. etc. What was your overriding feeling leaving that meeting? About um, the about the about the direction, the the immediate future of the Dragons 24 25.
2: Very very optimistic. I was yeah. I sat there. It was a good. It was an initiative of Shane Flanagan to get, I guess as they call key key stakeholders in the room and everything else and and to outline a bit of a a vision. It was sort of informal? You know, mm. you sit there. It's a bit intimate. they call it? But you sat there and I, I was really impressed with what had to say about what his vision is, what they call what they're calling the Dragons Way, and everything else. I really was impressed, and I had a lot of optimism for where they're going. I think it is, and, and it had, there hasn't been a lot around the joint to be honest. But um, the, I think it's in a good spot. I think there is a lot of optimism. I think the club's in a better position than, than when Ben Hunt signed that contract, as I've said. So yeah. I think, uh, look, it's going to bubble along. The issue is not going to go away. I think that's the that's the issue. It's going to come down to, I guess, leadership. How can you how can you lead as a captain when you know you don't want to be there? Everything else, it's going to be—it's going to be a headache. It's going to be difficult. But what, what I, what I've said from the top, what I like about Flano and the way he's handled it—he hasn't. He's just said, "Trust me on this." You know, it's a coach-player relationship. I'm, that's an area I'm strong in. It's an area I am demonstrably have been strong in in the past. I'll get the best out of my captain. But he hasn't sat there and said, "Oh, there's no issue. Oh, it's all beat up. It's all this." I, I think Flano's handling it head-on. I think that's where some optimism can lie in the fact that he, he can still get the best out of his halfback and his captain for this year coming up.
1: I think Ben Hunt will play all of 2024 at the Dragons. I think he'll fire under Shane Flanagan. I think their relationship will be good and I think the Dragons will benefit as a result. One element I saw this week, Shane Millard recruited to head up the recruitment and pathways role. Good appointment.
2: Great appointment. Yeah, mm. he has been around a lot of systems, Bill. He's you know, very, in a lot of different levels. He obviously was an assistant to Michael Maguire there at the Tigers. He'd been around in the Bulldogs system. He's, he was uh, There was talk about him being part of the setup, Had uh, Jason Riles got the job. But um, obviously, yeah, they've still brought him in. They're going to lean on his expertise in that area where he is very, very good in that sort of pathways and talent and vocation, all that type of recruitment. Uh, I think, yeah, marvellous appointment. Good on you, Bill.
1: Later on, we'll speak more about this game this evening. Brisbane against the Warriors. What a prelim final that looms at as at a sold-out Suncorp Stadium. We'll also talk NRLW semi-finals, expansion in the women's game, where should they be heading and when. But after the break, we'll talk the Group 7 Grand Final. That played out uh, last weekend. And we'll also touch in with Jordan Warren about the Premier League Football Grand Finals. A huge weekend last week at Wind Stadium. All that coming up after this break.
0: There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track. Oh,
1: give them a taste of steel, leads us into local league. We've already capped off weeks ago on the rule, winning the Illawarra competition. When it comes to Group 7, Mitch Jennings, I know you keep a very close eye on this. I want to give a big shout out to Scotty Stewart, coach of the Gerringong team. He was the clubman of the year at the St George Illawarra Dragons presentation night. He's had a big 12 month, Scotty, and it's been capped off by leading another Gerringong premiership, 12-10 over Shell Harbour. Well, as we heard last week, too, a former babysitter of Ashton and Tarek Sims. so he,
2: <laughs> that was probably the toughest gig that he ever had. I think mean, coaching <laughs> That's uh, why he's first grade is a snack. Yeah, exactly, but uh, yeah, good on him. It's obviously, it, it's significant because Gerringonger just have been and always will be just a powerhouse in that competition, but I guess this was the this was the post-Michael Cronin era. I remember speaking to Forty last year before last year's grand final about what's it like to be going into one of these without Mick Cronin. There. You know, yeah. he's been such a fixture there as the first grade, and he said, oh, yeah, and he goes he hadn't really thought about it. It had been a pretty seamless transition, but Sort of, it's the first one post that, so it's significant in, in that sense. Twelve ten, a real grind. We we s- sat there when we were previewing it, Matty, on this show, talking about how hot it was going to be and how much of a grind it was going to be that day, and probably it, it turned out to be that way. Uh, and I'd probably in in a grind, going probably showed some benefits that week off. The Sharks had had such a tough path there. They'd obviously played 90 plus minutes the week before to get there in the in a Golden Point semi final, uh, and they played the game they would have wanted it to be they wouldn't want it to be free throwing. wanted it to be a grind it sort of played their way but yeah Jeringong too good six six premierships now for Nathan Ford and Ricks and Russell the co-captains um, it's a hell of a Hell of a resume building there, and obviously Jackson uh, tonight. We look into yeah. making an even better a better fortnight for for the Ford family.
1: Having heard from Tim Barrow earlier about Jackson's parents flying to Brisbane cheering on the Warriors in in what will be a fantastic sold-out venue. You'll see it on Fox League 7:50 kick-off tonight. All the action, the build-up from seven o'clock. In fact, as we've touched on, a big day on Fox League with men's and women's prime ministers' games from Papua New Guinea straight into the Matty John Show previewing this uh, prelim final tonight, Jackson Ford carrying the hopes of Jeringong and Jeringong celebrating the Group 7 Premiership last week under the guidance of Ashton Sims and a big team. Ashton was very keen to point out, it's not just me, there's a whole team, a board working to further Country Rugby League in the Group 7 area. They're doing a fantastic job and we need Country Rugby League to thrive. So I'm happy to see John Simon returning to the Port Kembler Blacks in charge of the under 18 setup. Surely that must be a part of a master plan to get the blacks back up to where they once were
2: yeah and it's a good way of doing it because well, i guess port Kembla obviously they, they've struggled to keep senior sides their their senior club um people drift in and out and it's hard and like rich feltius there they're um the president a hardworking president they're doing a fantastic job to keep them to keep them going taking a bit of a different tack that the, the numbers in port Kembla juniors uh, are growing and they hit that Age, that 18s gap, and there's nowhere for them to go, so they go elsewhere. Often that has the flow and effect of when they're 14, 15, well, I'm going to have to go somewhere else. Mm. In a couple of years, I might as well just go now, everything else. You, to build it through an 18th, I've always got two years in under 18s age group to build up to then another senior side. It's the, the right way of going about it. And as he said, it's way to, to build a culture as well. But you don't always know. When you're desperate to bring players into play in a senior side, you, know, you, you might make cultural compromises here or there, and it might not be something that's a, a solid footing for the long term so doing it with the 18s is the way of doing it and a guy like John Simon, uh, synonymous with the Port Kemble Blacks Footy Club really is and when you think Port mm. Kemble, he's one of the names that immediately come to mind so him going back there and taking that role on, I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. He, I, he had a funny joke, which to me afterwards, oh, I was interested, I said, oh, when do applications close and Rich said, well, mate, you can close them now with one word if you want it <laughs> the, the job's done. So I was done. But fantastic to see yeah, John Simon back, back at the Blacks and leading uh hopefully what is a uh, you know a new start for for the one of australia's absolutely proudest rugby league clubs Yeah. None. Absolutely uh, Peter
1: Valandi's former club Port Kembla backs if I i'm not mistaken 20, so, 23
2: first grade premierships and, and, unmatched across the uh across yeah. the australian rugby
1: league scene i believe. Johnny Simon uh fantastic stealer even better bloke a great person to, to have there as the central figure at your club let's let's pivot from rugby league to the round ball game the world game football jordan warren joins us and jordan i saw the hive of activity around wind stadium last weekend as the men's football celebrated the district league and premier league grand finals first grade coniston one nil against cringilla give us your take on a wonderful climax to the season
5: yeah, morning boys. Yeah, I was definitely wrong in my prediction last week on the show. I said that it was the it was the Lions' time. It was Fringilla's time. But yeah, to be fair to Coniston, they were they were just too good on the day. They got up one nil. It was nil all at half time. And I was saying to a few of the boys at the stadium that I that I thought Coniston were the better team in that first half. And then Matthew Flora came out and scored early in that second half. And then and then Coniston held on. It was a, a fantastic story for their coach Frank Piero. Of course, he was. He was uh, put into the job halfway through the season. He's, he's been there with the club for a long time. He's seen, them from, he's seen them go from the community league through the district league and now they're Premier League champions. So it's a great story for Frank. He, he came in halfway through the season uh, when they needed him most and it was a rocky start, but uh, he got them winning. And, and he said every week to me, uh, when, when Coniston were, were getting to that business stage of the season, he, he kept saying it's just all about the performance. It's about improving week on week. And, and they definitely did that and they ended up winning the IPL title.
1: I was at the NRLW presentation afternoon across the road at the City Beach function, Centre Jordan. So I, I heard the roars. I didn't see the action. Tell us about the winning goal, the important moment that mattered.
5: Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much straight after the the second half kicked off. It was the people were still getting their their hot dogs and their hot chips, and a few people hadn't found their seats yet. But uh, it was in the it was in the fiftieth minute, I believe. And, and Matthew Flora, he got the ball down the left hand side of the field and. And he cut inside, beat a couple of defenders and, and smacked the ball into the roof of the net. And, and it was a great moment. And, and Floro took his shirt off with the celebration, got a yellow card. And it was actually a, a funny story. I, I was ducking down to, to get some interviews post-game and, and it was in about the 90th minute. And, and I get down there, I got to the sideline and I saw Matthew Floro uh, exiting the field. And I just thought, oh, that's you know getting his round of applause, man of the match, round of round of applause. But he actually got sent off. He actually got sent off for a, a second yellow card. He, he He fouled someone and I still actually don't know what the second yellow card was for. It wasn't until I was talking to Lucas Sergio after the game, uh, the Coniston captain, and I I asked him about the goal scorer, Matty Floro, and he said, yeah, it was an eventful day for him. He he scored a goal, he took his shirt off for his goal and he got sent off, and I was like, oh, I just pretended like I knew that he got sent off, but it was definitely an eventful day for Floro, but yeah, no, he definitely wouldn't have cared post-game.
2: As long as you kept the, kept the shirt on, Rabs, you'd have got red-carded straight away. You, kept,
1: you took the, <laughs> the shirt oh, yeah. off. Oh, you'd definitely. have got red-carded absolutely straight away. He only gets his gear off at the Brew Hotel. Oh, uh, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Card for taking the shirt off? Come on now. Yeah, uh, on uh, now. If, if they dropped that punishment, Jordan, let, let's, let's deviate. If they dropped that punishment, like automatic yellow for taking your shirt off, uh, would we see uh, flagrant nudity after every goal?
5: I don't know if every goal, but there's definitely times. Say it's a it's a close game and it's the 95th minute and and someone scores a winner. I dare say that they'd be getting the shirt and the pants off. So I definitely think it's a it's a thing that needs to be put into place. I think that the yellow card is definitely needs to stand. I, I think it's it's for over the top celebration. It doesn't just go for for yellow card. It's for jumping in the stands with fans and the celebration. I think it's-
2: yeah, it's a strange thing. I've never quite understood it. I'm a, I'm a rugby, league. I'm a rugby league man. Wouldn't you love I, I, that? I, but I've, What I don't understand is the the inclination. I don't know what <laughs> what if you score a goal. I don't see <laughs> like the Trell Mitchell doesn't score a league. The field try and go first thing I want to do is take the jersey off, take the shorts <laughs> yeah. off. It's start uh, disrobing. It a, seems it, a strange it's thing. An I don't know where it's an interesting discussion
1: point because in rugby league, uh, for a period of the year, if you go over the top in your celebrations, you actually get a donation from a, from a sports betting agency to a good course but in football Jordan if your celebration is over the top hey we're gonna give you a yellow card and maybe send you off
5: I actually didn't know that about about rugby league that you actually get rewarded for that so that's actually something that's yeah very contrasting with football but it's always since I've been growing up and and long before my time it's always been a a punishment for an over-the-top celebration so there you go (laughs) okay okay what about district league first grade what happened on that front Jordan yeah, another upset, uh, the Fernhill Foxes got up, uh, it was a very entertaining clash against league champions Shell Harbour, it was 5-3 to Fernhill, and it was a fascinating story again, considering that two weeks ago, Shell Harbour smashed Fernhill in the grand final qualifier 7-2, so it was redemption that Fernhill were, were looking for, and it's definitely what they got in the end, it was a really fast start from Fernhill, they got up to, to 3-0 within half an hour, and then and then the league champions Shell Harbour, they, they fought back, they made it 3-2 at half time, and then... Burnhill scored again straight after the, the break, make it 4-2 and then 4-3. Shell Harbour scored pretty much soon after and it was 4-3 for the majority of the second half. But then uh, it was a 5-3 by the end of it. Um, Mitchell Turner scored his hat-trick. Uh, he capped off his hat-trick in the 95th minute or something like that. And it was it a was, cue uh, scene in celebration for the Foxes.
1: OK, so there's the grand final wrap-up from Jordan Warren. Jordan, what are you going to cover now? Is it straight onto the NBL when Mitch Jennings decides to have a sickie or a day off?
5: I actually did a couple of MDL games last year. I was, with, I saw you a couple of times on the Great court, Matty, i actually there, quite mate. enjoyed it, watching the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I think I think uh, Jenna will be all over it this season. It's so a,
2: I think it'll be a nicer nicer gig than last year, I've got to say. I'm glad <laughs> to say you enjoyed it, Jordan. I found it quite a grind. Three and, three and
0: 25. <laughs> They'll have I a only, good I season. I did uh, the
2: two games, to be fair. <laughs> did, they, did they win? Get a win in either?
5: nah
1: nah both. Nah, options, see that's bad luck see Jordan yeah. Warren they won't want to bar him they would have won the cup if Jordan wasn't
2: covering oh, them. that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. the case gonna blame hey, it all on him. take Jordan, the Eddie Jones book and blame them
1: <laughs> mate you've been fantastic this season covering the uh, all the local football action we've asked you to go internationally as well cover the Women's World Cup whatever we've thrown your way you've shown great knowledge and uh, a willingness to come on the show so thank you very much for your contributions to Saturday in the gong this season we might speak again before the season is out but I'm glad you've enjoyed the Premier League and all the local football. We'll chat again soon, my friend. Yeah, good on you, boys. Great to be on the show this season. Good on you. Jordan Warren there. You'll read his great work in the Illawarra Mercury. You'll probably catch up with him at the Jamboree pub every now and then as well. As long as he keeps his shirt on. As long as he keeps his shirt on, which he does. He doesn't want to get a yellow card. The news and then we're back to talk about a local tourist attraction. Saturday's in the gong. It continues after this.
0: There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track.
1: Indeed, that song summed up this region for a long, long time as the Steelworks, Port Kembla and the mining heritage dominated, hence working class, man. This is predominantly Mitch Jennings, loosely a sports show, but any time we can bang the gong about an element of this great community, we'd love to do so. You know, we drive past, we drive around, we drive through the Steelworks, Port Kembla, the mine heritage sites, but... Have you ever thought of actually touring them, going through them and having a look at the core of the history of this great region? Uh, You can learn more about what the Illawarra was built on. Well, thanks to Inside Industry, you can do that. The manager is on the line, Nikki McCarthy-Hicks, fresh from a park run, I believe. How are you this morning? (laughs) I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, 5K. So what, what, what did that take you, about 10 minutes?
9: Oh, look, I wish, no, it takes me closer to 30. I'm I'm a recreational runner, just out there keeping fit.
1: Thanks for making some time for us between a park run before brekkie. Tell us about Inside Industry and what these tours try to achieve.
9: Okay, so Inside Industry is the visitor's centre at um, Blue Scope, or a standalone um, not-for-profit business, running tours into the steelworks, through nsw port so we try and connect our local community with our local industry and and give the community and and visitors to our community an insight into that heavy industry and i guess showcasing um wollongong's gateway to the world like it really is quite significant and as you just said in your um lead up there we drive past it every day i've, I've grown up in wollongong myself and have been driving past it for years but it's truly fascinating to get inside and have a look at the only industry, um, operating industry site where you can get up close like that and see what's happening.
2: What do we actually get to see if you, if you go on the tour, the, the, to, to use the term, the nuts and bolts of it, as I'm, I'm very much like you, it's always there, you, you, you're aware of the, the fixture it's been in this region and I guess the, the, the way it's helped the region become what it is, but when you actually go for one of these tours, what can you actually expect to, to see and experience?
9: So the steelworks tour, that will take you into, so you drive in and around the steelworks, you're going to see the blast furnace, but you get up close to the BOS, which is the basic oxygen steel-making process, so it's a huge ladle, and that's what they pour in the iron and the recycled steel, and you just you see all the big machines, huge machines, and also the... I guess the fire, like it's extreme heat. And then you'll see that get poured out into the slab caster, so when they actually make the big slabs of steel. And you'll also get to see where that's rolled out, like into kilometre-long thinner strips. And then you might probably, as a local, see those big silver coils on trucks and trains getting transported out of the area. Um, On the working port tour, you'll get inside the port, see some of the huge car carriers, see the big parts of... um, the wind turbines. So the wind turbines all get shipped into Wollongong and then out to some of the more regional areas where they go, so you get get to see those. Um, And then we've also got our clean energy tour, which is super exciting for the Illawarra. So we're now a renewable energy zone and there's so much happening and going on. So we we take you around to have a look at some of the proposed sites for the wind turbines, uh, a new business called Green Gravity, which is a really exciting um, energy storage um, project to a research facility and also talk about the um, blue scope project some of their projects around sustainability and in um, clean energy processes.
1: Yeah so it's, it's yeah, interesting pretty how exciting. This, this region Nikki is is pivoting from you know largely a dirty energy a, a, an old energy Uh, pub to a new clean energy and this clean energy tour is just uh, an addition to the existing tour so how do people uh, book or or read or learn more about these tours if they're interested in being involved
9: well first they should follow our Facebook and Instagram because we're always posting great content so they'll get to see some of the exciting stuff so you can jump on our website which is insideindustry.org.au and you can book straight there so it'll have all your dates and what's available and the um, Clean Energy one is a, a super bargain. It's only $20 for our public tours. Still works a little bit higher. We get you out in PPE and, and there's a little bit more going on with um, needing extra guides, etc. But it's definitely worth the money. So jump on, take a look, or, or give us a ring at Inside Industry and we can help you out and answer any questions.
1: That still works too, Nicky. The the Blast Furnace, it's the go-to shot when the Mercury needs a shot with a local sports team, a local <laughs> individual, something to sum up this area. The Blast Furnace gets a run, Mitch Jennings. It's, a, it's your go-to. Absolutely, yeah. And we have is, Brian Gorgian on one a couple of years back. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, and uh, when it comes to Port Kembla, having driven past that entrance gate daily, on the way to and from different errands. The amount of heavy-duty equipment I see coming in, farm machinery, wind turbines, geez poor is busy at the moment, Nikki.
9: Oh, absolutely. It's the, it's the centre of Wollongong. Cent, centre absolutely. of Australia at the moment. The stuff coming at, in and out of there, it's exciting.
1: And I think it's good for the country. When I see that busy all the time big trucks carrying any number of imports i think wow the country must be going ahead when they're that busy this sort of expensive stuff coming in so insideindustry.org.au. be part of the great tours nikki mccarthy hicks great to chat on saturdays in the gong thanks for your time thanks for the good work and the service you provide anytime you want to advertise on saturdays in the gong just give us a call good on you nikki
9: no problem thanks for having me
1: Nikki McCarthy-Hicks there, fresh from a park run, just before keep plugging insideindustry.org.au. A break, then we're back with more Saturdays in the Gong.
0: There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havill. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track.
3: We are the Navy Blues. We are the old, dark Navy Blues. We're the team
1: that never lets you down. Mitch Jennings, would you call that a rousing team song? That's Matt Campbell's team, the Carlton Blues. That's their, their song. They hope to play it loud and proud tonight at the Gabba this evening after beating Brisbane. But oh, I don't know whether I want to hear it. It's about as rousing as a conversation with Matt Campbell, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's, a, that's a good sled. Hope you're listening still, Manny Campbell. Love your up there on the Gold Coast, of the Illawarra Hawks in the Blitz. I want to bring Dave Anderson back in, who's a, a Flag Pies fan. But, Dave Anderson, are you tonguing for a Collingwood-Carlton grand final? Surely that is what the football world wants instead of Collingwood-Brisbane.
6: Oh, look, it'd be good theatre, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I am. Honestly, the the joy of being a Collingwood supporter is that we've got issues with every team, so I can find a revenge <laughs> plot anywhere, anyone we play, anytime, anywhere, no worries.
0: And they're they with you.
6: Exactly, <laughs> and, exactly right.
1: And- And Dave, you have all your teeth, despite being a Collingwood fan. We love the fact that you've got great dentistry. Now, uh, you were looking through the history books. When did Collingwood and Carlton last play a grand final?
6: It was 1981.
1: Okay. Okay. 1981. Who captained Carlton to victory that day?
6: Was uh, Mike Fitzpatrick
1: actually? Ah, oh, the former former AFL chairman. Exactly. Uh, so there you go. That, that that's that's the scenario. So I can't believe that these two famous clubs, with a, a fierce rivalry and massive following, haven't played a grand final for more than 40 years.
6: It is hard to believe. Um, one thing I will say, obviously presented without any bias, is that Collingwood have played in 11 of the last 22 prelims, uh, or played 11 prelims in the last 22 seasons. So one club is holding up their end of the deal by going deep into September. <laughs> uh, uh you biased bastard. Ju- I said I presented it without bias. <laughs> it, was just, it was just this comment.
2: For how, many, for how many flags?
6: Uh, no, flag well, I, was talking, I was talking about prelims. You must have misheard me. <laughs> I was talking about that, yeah. I just, you know,
2: now, just, listen. Just curious. I don't follow it as quickly as really. How many flags was it in that period of those 11 prelims? Um, they just might have um, <laughs> snuck over the
6: line for one, <laughs> and that was after a draw as well.
1: <laughs> uh, the, tonight, it's a huge evening in the River City in Brisbane. Mm. We go Brisbane, Carlton, AFL prelim straight across town to Suncorp Stadium, Broncos, Warriors, and... Uh, do you think that the Lions beat the Blues or are you tipping Carlton to prevail as the away team in this AFL prelim?
6: Oh, I'm tipping Brisbane. I think Brisbane are going to get it done pretty comfortably. They've built a bit of a fortress up there uh, at the Gabba. Um, just some quick numbers. Since 2019, Brisbane are 51-8 and eight at the Gabba. Uh, oh, wow. So pretty dominant in this season, 2023. Brisbane are 12-0. and 0. Right. so I, I they've built a bit of a fortress up there a bit like the um, you know the, the the dynasty era about that came to an end 20 years ago actually uh, when they won the when the three Pete um, they've they've built an absolute fortress up there I can't see Carlton I honestly I think that it might be a bit of a, a bit of a pantsing by Brisbane if I'm if I'm being honest unfortunately so
1: you you are saying we won't have to hear that dreadfully laborious Carlton team song because Brisbane 12 and and0 at the Gabba this year. 51 of the last 59 they've won there. That's good enough for me. Go the Lions, Mitch Jennings. Yeah, Lions for me as well. Okay. Well, Dave, good on you, mate. Enjoy the footy finals, but you keep hitting the right buttons there as we move from AFL Prelim Finals back to NRL. In fact, NRLW, we get to see the Prime Minister's team. The girls go at it against Papua New Guinea before the men this afternoon on Fox League. Tegan Berry, the Dragons, NRLW Player of the Year, the league's leading tri-scorer with 11. Might she win the Dalian as well, Jenna?
2: She'd have to be a red-hot favourite. Obviously, not a lot of wins, but you have to think even in every... She would have pulled points in every single game she played in. There was a couple of wins. She'd have got the uh, the maximum points in all of the drag wins, you would think. The only one that obviously may have taken some points off her here and there from her own team would be obviously Racine McGregor, who has re-signed for two years as well, so that's a great coup for the club, but I think she's got to be a red-hot favourite for my mind, Teagan Berry, to... The, the season she had having moved to fullback and just the, it's it was an incredible season. She's got such a such a huge, huge upside. It's always you always have that question mark of when you get a really good winger and go, oh can they make the shift to fullback? Mm. Well she did it on her she did it on her rear did it easily and is emerging as uh it, it was interesting to come out that way too, Maddie, because the loss of Emma Tonegado, I considered her the best player in the game a year ago. The fullback I thought that was going to be too hard to replace. I thought Tegan Berry will do a good job replacing Emma Tonegato, but you can't replace Emma
1: Tonegato. Well, it turns out you you, you can, Matty. <laughs> do, you, do you think uh, Teagan might end up best women's fullback yes. in the game? if she's not... If she's or do you got have Tamika to Upton
2: on top she's still? She's got a bit to go to chase Tamika Upton, just I think as far as overall runs on the board. But on form, I mean, and there's a bit of a turnover going on there. Sammy Bremner was a fixture for the Gillaroos there. The, the great Sammy Bremner, uh, Helensburg's Zone. So there's probably a bit of a... You know, Vanya Politi is very good. So if there's one position that... The women's game is absolutely stacked in. It is fullback. So if you're the best of that bunch you're going very well. If you're in the top handful of that bunch, you're doing very, very, very well, which Teagan Berry's doing. So you've got to think she'd be she'd be my pick for the for the women's Dallium, I think.
1: Jamie Sauer, Dragons coach, extending his stay, expanding his role into a pathways and development role as well. Ella Costa, the coaches Award recipient last week. Alexis Tournier uh, winning the Emerging Talent Award. She's got some younger sisters who are coming through and you might see the Tournier sisters in the Dragons colours in years to come. And It was great to see Alexis last week speaking magnificently an 18 year old leaving New Zealand to come to Australia to chase her rugby league dream I asked her about the support that she'd received to do so she started talking about her family got three words in and burst into tears it was you don't want to see anyone break down but it was a lovely touch from Alexis last week yeah absolutely and what a
2: talent and he obviously copped some flack, or you know, people noted the amount of turnover they had on their roster this year, the amount of big names that left. And one of the things he was saying then was, Look, we trust me, I've got these young ones, there's ones you haven't heard of that are going to come up very good. And Alexis Tournier was top of that list. And yeah, she was absolutely outstanding. Unfortunately, cut short season by that, um, that ugly hip drop tackle that she copped. But uh, yeah, she's got a huge upside. And Ella Costa, the other one you mentioned, she's an absolute freak. I saw. It was in the day of steel, and she was only playing. Um, she was only playing age group footy at the start of at uh, the start of this season. She was there at the day of steel, scored a, a length of the field job. I thought this this is not the second coming of Kesie Apps. I thought the, the you know the blonde ponytail out the back and just striding away with those long strides like winks in the straight. I thought this girl has an upside, but I didn't expect that she'd be making such a fine fist of NRLW level footy so soon. So she's certainly one to watch as well. Some young ones coming through. It's been a tough year. For Saui and that crew, they're probably they'll probably still a player or two, an elite player or two, off challenging those top sides. But certainly some building pl- building blocks are definitely in place for the future.
1: Tomorrow, the grand final qualifiers on Fox League: Newcastle against Brisbane, the first game tomorrow. Check your guides. Followed straight away by Roosters, Gold Coast. So like the NRL suggest we might get are we going to get the top two teams playing the grand final will it be Newcastle Roosters in the decider Geno you never know you, you never really know this it, the way the NRLW plays out you often
2: we, we've seen a lot of surprise packets we've seen teams with a Parramatta with a losing record come in and then go on a run to a grand final. Form guys can really get thrown out when it comes to finals time in NRLW but if you're asking my question, twist my arm I say yes, I think it will be teams one and two.
1: Do you know that in the two years where NRLW has had a final series, Team 4 has beaten Team 1 in both of yeah, the yeah. semi-final matchups yeah, so yeah. far? Backing up what you say. That's tomorrow on Fox League Newcastle, Brisbane Roosters, Gold Coast. Tonight of course we've got the Prime Minister's games straight into that men's Prelim Warriors travelling to try and take down the Broncos. We'll break and come back to wrap it up. Saturdays in the Gong. More
0: to come. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SCN Track.
1: Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings and Pete, the perfect panel puncher from Putney, to wrap up Saturdays in the Gong. Let's go around the grounds really quickly this week. The Peter Brock Trophy is coming to Flagstaff Hill. Smack bang in the middle of Wollongong. Tuesday noon till 2pm. So any motorsport fans who want to touch, look at, get out and have a photo with the Peter Brock Trophy. Tuesday's day. Bathurst looming large just around the corner. The Aussie cricket team's just lost a fourth straight one day after taking the first two against South Africa. Are you concerned, Pete? The World Cup looming large? How are we going to go?
8: No, I'm not concerned at all, Matt. Because we against...
1: have got all the stars to parachute back
8: it's in. It's the big one we're worried about.
1: Okay, you on board with that, Mitch Jennings? Looking yeah. forward to the World Cup? Yep, yeah. oh, I just wait for them to get the World Cup.
2: In, in, the, in, the, in the limited overs cricket, mate, anything can happen. I don't <laughs> care. They could get absolutely smashed
1: four zip in a series and still going with a World Cup. Now, the Hawks so have I'm pledged to refuse yeah. sports betting sponsorship on their singlets I see sports betting going the same way as alcohol and, and, and tobacco, but if we're going to ban sports betting, are we going to ban also all that fast food, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, etc., etc., which I would argue does more damage uh, to more people than sports betting? Uh, and I use my punters club, a bunch of five blokes who have a lot of fun. We, we do it like most people, sensibly. It's a part of our life that we enjoy. Why, why demonise it like we do, Jenno? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I'm,
2: as you know, I'm somewhat partial <laughs> to... All those sorts of things. I'm partial to a punt, partial to a uh, to other sponsors' products, and I'm uh, former sponsors' products too. I don't mind the odd for here and there either. So <laughs> well,
1: I, I don't, I don't have it. I certainly don't. I just hate it doesn't, it, it, trying to trying to make the majority suffer. For the minority who are going to find another vice if you take this away anyway, and, and it's only sponsorship I'm talking about taking away, but that will take a lot of money out of a lot of clubs. Be careful what you wish for, as sporting clubs or, or competitions fall over because a vital revenue stream isn't there. Peter, are you with me? Am I making an argument?
8: You are. I, I, I tend to see the I other view. You, yeah, I think go hard. Go yeah, hard. I think you just need to sort of taper it a bit, you know, so that you've got to think of the kiddies, as Roy and HG always say do you? They'll
1: learn up to you. Oh, will teach them young. Him in do so right. responsibly or yeah. well, don't do it at all. Your you piggy go. bank money's gone because you backed the wrong runner. Yeah, well, responsibly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's what <laughs> you did, you picked the wrong horse, <laughs> mate. You've got to learn, this is life's lesson. You've got no food this week. <laughs>
2: hey. I've, I've, I believe it's for each organisation to make uh, a choice as to where they want to go and I don't. I really don't care one way or the other.
1: Let's see where this story goes. But I know that uh, a lot of clubs are looking over their shoulders thinking, where's that money going to come from? Mitch Jennings, Pete the Perfect Panel Puncher and Dave Anderson, thank you for your involvement. You've been listening to Saturdays in the Gong.